This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 199, submission number 2118, Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa aired on ABC Saturday mornings from September 12th, 1992 to December 4th, 1993 for 26 episodes over two seasons. Comet breeze, the mesa to the western skies With the sound of a thousand cattle drive A chosen few would see the light And find the wrong with right Up on the mesa, high above the clouds There's a world apart from all the rest On the mesa, live the real cowboys Standing up for law and order era for anthropomorphic animal heroes. Let's see, with the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, no wait, not, not the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean the actual rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not the series of the same name, but with the birth and development of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you have, let's see, there was Biker Mice from Mars, Samurai Pizza Cats, Battle Toads, Bucky O'Hare, wasn't Bucky it? Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars, yes. So you have all of these anthropomorphized animal heroes. But one of the most forgotten, at the same time, one of the most beloved of that era was. Three anthropomorphic bulls who ride their own set of horses above the ground in a place called Moo Mesa. And the story behind this is weird enough, but before we get to that story, we have to talk about another comic book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because one of the designers and writers of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Mirage Studios, a guy by the name of Ryan Brown, imagined a universe where, and we are not kidding, a radioactive comet hits the American Wild West in the late 1800s, and from that we are birthed mutant cows, snakes, Hyenas. It's like mutant animals, but somehow the horses escape unharmed. What's up with that? Yeah, I, I really, it's wild. No, seriously, it's really, really wild. But these aren't just your average run-of-the-mill buckaroo cowboys. They are cowboys. As in C O W boys. C O W, of course, stands for the Code of the West. Oh, I get it. Yeah. That's why there's periods on cow. Yeah. Yes. And of course, we all know the Code of the West, as defined by Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, is a group of unwritten but socially agreed upon rules governing the mannerisms of cowboys in the American Wild West. 
and now they're being embodied by cows. Literal by, cows. By actual cows. Actual cows or actual cowboys. Man, can you believe that? What are the odds? Hey, after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit, they were willing to try anything. But before they could become things on TV, they had to become things at your local toy store. Because... Because of course they did. Yeah, because of course they did. So they made the jump. Ryan Brown managed to design uh, all of the characters in Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. And as a result, uh, I believe it was Hasbro bought up the toy rights and produced, what, 10 action figures and one sort of carrier vehicle sort of thing. Yeah. And apparently was so successful that ABC commissioned a 13-episode cartoon to debut in the fall of 1992, which sort of fleshed out most of the uh, story behind the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Now, this is, again, from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. I'm reading what is written on the page. I am not making this up in any way. Okay. Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa dealt with a mutation of some kind, and a radiated comet struck the late 19th century Western Plains, creating a miles-high mesa shrouded in clouds. Everything trapped on top of the mesa was calmatized by the light from the calmet and evolved into a bovipomorphic state. <laughs> I am not making this up. Inspired by the old tales of the Wild West, this new bovine community developed to the point where they emulated that era's way of life, including the requisite ruffians and corrupt sheriffs. However, their knowledge of Wild West living was limited, and as such, many things about their culture had to be improvised to fill in the blanks. The concepts of steampunk and Weird West were utilized throughout its run. Yeah, I can see that. So imagine, basically, Wild Wild West, but with cows. Yeah, I can see that. The series focuses on trying to keep justice in the frontier territory. The lawbreakers were too much for the corrupt regulators of Cowtown, namely Mayor Oscar Bologna and Sheriff Terror Bull. That's terrible. This is the type of names we're dealing with, folks, on this series. Helping them out, whether they wanted it or not, were a group of peacekeepers known as the Cowboys. The cow part is short for Code of the West, led by Marshall Moo Montana. The Cowboys also included the Dakota Dude and the Colorado Kid. Marshall Moo Montana and his deputies had their hands full with several ruffians and outlaw gangs that plagued the otherwise peaceful town. So we have a group of heroes, a group of heroic assistants, our baseline set of deuteragonists, our corrupt and or bumbling side characters, and the villains of the week. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Yes. So who are our three cowboys, aside from, obviously? We have Marshall Boo Montana, played by Pat Fraley, who, come on, he's a legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, come on. The voice of Krang. Yep, voice of Krang. He played... What else did he play? Casey Jones, Baxter Stockman. He's just legendary. Legendary guy. Playing the Dakota Dude, another legendary guy. Jim Cummings. The voice of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, father. And rounding out the crew, the Colorado Kid, played by Jeff Bennett. Of course, known as 
Yosemite Sam in the Looney Tunes universe. Wait a second. Well, Looney I think you might. I think you might have to make a, a case for another show that he did. What What's is that? it? He was Johnny Bravo. Oh, that's true. Oh, he was. That's right. That's right. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. No. So yeah, here we have three incredible voice acting talents giving life to these three gigantic heroic bulls fighting evil, rustling up bandits, and living their lives by the code of the West. And that's just the three main characters. Mm-hmm. Wait till we get a little deeper into this. Yeah, we're about to get a bit a bit deeper because helping out the cowboys are a group of uh, support characters, I want to say. We have Lily Bovine, a bartender, former showgirl, and the owner of the local saloon called the Tumbleweed. Lily is Moo Montana's love interest, and her best friend is Cowlamity Kate Cudster. Lily is played by Charity James, and not much is known about her, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have a page on Wikipedia, but if you look at her page on IMDb, her most notable role is as Blanco in the original Space Jam. Oh, and also, she plays Kelly on Bobby's World. Okay. And speaking of Kyle Lavity, Kate Cudster, she is a tomboyish rancher and operator of the highly profitable Golden Cud Mine. She is as hardworking and hard-riding as any bull and has enough skill with a lasso to put Colorado to shame. She returns to Coda's romantic feelings where she once gave him the hat he wears and nearly married him in the episode Wedding Bull Blues. In the fastest filly in the West, it is revealed that Calamity Kate has a cousin named Cowleen. I have a question. More like a statement. Did you say the cud mines? I said the cud mines. Good heavens. Okay. She's played by Kay Lenz, who uh, is a primetime Emmy Award winner and a daytime Emmy Award winner for Midnight Caller, Reasonable Doubts, and... Holy crap, what did she win for? Oh, the ABC Afternoon Play Break. Okay, the ABC Afternoon Play Break. Yeah. Okay. And if you remember 1994's Tick, she voiced American Maid. Okay. All right. Yeah, good. I know it. Yeah, I know her. Okay, next we have Cody Calf. Yes, uh, named Calf Pint by Moo and his posse, he idolizes the marshal and he hopes to be a law cow himself when he grows up. He is apparently related to Lily Bovine in some way and lives with her, though he does not appear to be her son. Like everyone else, he refers to her as Miss Lily, although well-meaning, he often gets himself in serious trouble trying to help the law cows, but has been a useful asset on several occasions. He is voiced by Troy Davidson, who is known as the voice of Vern Newton-Brown on Back to the Future, and also played Kevin Cleaver on the new Leave it to Beaver. The new Leave it to Beaver. Not still the Beaver that we mentioned a few weeks ago, but the new Leave it to Beaver. Oh, the new Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But as an adult... He is played by the one, the only, Yakko Warder himself, Rob Paulson. Yeah, that's right, Rob Paulson. And if you don't know who Rob Paulson is, what podcast are you even listening to? Yeah, pretty much. Where should we begin with Rob Paulson? Well, there's too much. If you don't know who he is... We can't help you. Grab a book. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Puma. Yes, he's an unspecified rodent and resident of Cowtown, who is the resident shoe shiner. 
He's voiced by Bill Farmer, who has voiced Goofy since 1987. Yes, right. The voice of Goofy. Yep. Oh, and by the way, if you have Disney Plus, there's a uh, there's a How to at Home series now with oh. Goofy. In the style of those 1940s how-to oh, God, shorts. Oh, I love those. I oh, love no. Those. I love those. And it's great. It's, there's a short on how to binge-watch. <laughs> Goofy binge-watching. It's crazy. I love it. Oh, but next on... JR, an Indian bison who occasionally aids Moo, Dakota, and Colorado if the situation warrants it. He tends to ramble about the scientific principles of his inventions, which the cowboys don't want to listen to and would be asked to show them how it works. Now, all right, can I say it, Chico? Can I say it? Okay, just to let you know, this man, the person who voices JR, is a Native American First Nations character actor himself. Michael Horse. But he's best known, Chico. For playing Hawk on Twin Peaks! Is it about the bunny? No. It's not about the bunny. Michael Horse was basically playing his character, his Twin Peaks character, on Wild West Cowboys of Moon Mesa, which makes this awesome! Yes, it does. And Jeff Bennett also voices Buffalo Bull, who is a bison who works as Cowtown's blacksmith. And we'll talk about this later, but he is one of the... Because there are only three cowboys and Konami needed a fourth, so he is a playable character on the video game. The Wild West Cowboys... There was a video... There was an arcade game! There's a Moon Mesa video game? Yes, it was in yes. the arcades in 92. Sadly, it was never ported. It was an yeah, awesome yeah. arcade game. It was like yeah. Sunset Riders. Remember yeah, Sunset? No, no, uh, uh, wait, I'm going to stop you right there, Greg, for legal purposes. It was similar, but legally distinct from Sunset Oh, Riders. so Konami couldn't get sued. Yeah. Although they did make both games. Go figure. And then you have, uh, again, voiced by Jim Cummings, Jack, a rabbit who works at the telegraph operator at Cowtown. And Gordon Borden, a prison warden, who runs the prison containing the prisoners that the cowboys apprehend. On the other side of the law, you have Mayor Oscar Baloney. Oscar Baloney. I will never get. I will never get over that. Oh my gosh, the puns in this show are so stupid. It isn't baloney like the 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 deli uh, cold cut. It's bulloni. Bulloni. The greedy and corrupt mayor of Cowtown in New Mesa. Baloney rigs elections and makes taxes so high that the masked bull compares it to. He also serves as Cowtown's crooked justice of the peace and fake president. Okay, so he's the Ron DeSantis of the cartoon world. Oh, shots fired, Mike. (laughs) Oh, that's just cold, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I like his name is Oscar Baloney. I wonder if his middle name is Meyer. Oscar Meyer Baloney. Oh, that would be so... uh... That would be so deep if it was. That would be so friggin' deep. Anyway, he is played by Michael Greer, who sadly is no longer with us. His most famous role was as Queenie the Prison Drag Queen in Salvadeo's stage of the Harvey Hart film version of Fortune and Men's Eyes. Oh, this next one, I love this name. Sheriff Sheriff Terrible. That's terrible. We were talking about Sheriff Terrible, I thought. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That's terrible. Selected by the corrupt mayor, Baloney, Terrible uses his sheriff's badge to conceal his evil intentions. When committing crimes, he disguises himself as the masked bull, where he sports a different posture. 
Terror Bowl. The sports league kowtowed after losing a bet to Moo in No Face to Hide to see who can catch Shock Holiday and become sheriff of the remote town of Lonesome Gulch as Baloney tells him to put up with it until he can think of a way to get him back to Cowtown. He is played by the one, the only, Joe Piscopo. That's right, folks. The star of the CD-ROM game, Celebrity Multimedia Poker, with Morgan Fairchild and Jonathan Frakes. Well, show me some more media. Let's go take a look at those... Uh... All right, I think we've I think we've pretty much summed What's up simultaneous it's, it's, video. Turn the video quality down. <laughs> All right, let's let's see what. Yeah, yeah what is simultaneous let's... video? Oh God, the frame rate just. Ah! 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 <laughs> Turn the video quality back up. Turn the video quality back up. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close that. I'm just gonna close that. I have to go. I'm, I, I don't want to be here anymore. We should also add that Joe Piscopo was the news uh, caster, news anchor uh, in that HBO comedy clip with uh, Eddie Murphy as Carl Lewis. And, and Carl first- Lewis. Hey, man, I'm Carl Lewis, man. How the rebel go? He go here this person make him beat me. I'm the fastest man in the world. I race horses, man. How this man in a wheelchair going to beat me? I'm Carl Lewis. These people know how this man gonna beat me. I'm Carl Lewis, man. I race horses. I'm the fastest man in the world. I am the fastest man in the world, Joe Piscopo. And of course, Sheriff Turbo has two deputies: Saddle Sore Scorpion, voiced by Jim Cummings, a scorpion and slightly smarter and braver than his partner, Boot Hill Buzzard, but only just. Then you have Barney Finkelberg, a con artist who used the alias Jacques Lebeef. And he's played by Tim Curry, y'all. Oh, Tim, Tim Curry. Tim freaking Curry. Come on. Oh, 1992 was his year. Home Alone 2. Come on. Yep. And interestingly enough, when Cowboys got into season two, Tim Curry would be on the same network on two different shows. What was the other one? Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Then you have Horrible. (laughs) Horrible. Sheriff Terrible's criminal younger brother, whom he breaks out of St. Quentin Federal Prison and has him posed as the masked bull in order to protect his identity. Sadie Wow Cow, voiced by Michael Greer, a former show cow who is Lily Bovine's sworn rival. In the past, she always tried to upstage Lily due to right. jealousy over her popularity. While working at for Mayor Bologna, she tried to get revenge by running Lily out of business in order for the mayor to claim an oil well under the Tumbleweed Saloon. Then Skull Duggery, his real name is Tom, who is a mean miner who staked his claim on Skull Mountain, struck silver, hid it in a secret chamber, and in his second appearance, planned his revenge on the cowboys by enlisting some ghosts from a ghost town to help him. Five Card Cud, a criminal who conspired to take control of the Dixie Trixie Riverboat, was his assistant, shortchanged, voiced by Michael Goff, Not that Michael Goff. It's another guy named Michael Goff. Yes, he's known as Zazu on Timon and Pumbaa. And Shrek in the Shrek video games. And also Deckard Kane in the Diablo series. Next we have Gila Hooligans, a gang who crashed Mayor Baloney's re-election party. I'm guessing they're all Gila monsters. Something like that. And then we have the Hole in the Ground Gang, which is a duo of snakes, which their names apply on the Hole in the Wall Gang. And then you have Bat Blastagun, a a bat outlaw who causes trouble for Miller Glenn when they even bested Sheriff T-Bone. In his second appearance, he and his gang escape from prison and use a weaponized version of the Comet Shard as part of a plot to shrink the Cowboys and rob Cowtown. Uh, he is played by the current announcer of Press Your Luck, 
Neil Ross. Yes! Yes! The voice of the whammies on the new Pressure Luck is on this show! Oh, yeah. You're muted. Oh, sorry. The only thing more awkward than this meeting is trying to take your money when you don't have any. <laughs> like Neil Ross again, Neil Ross, Voltron. Come on, people. Voltron. And Bat Blast the Guns gang comprised of Gil A. Monster, a Gila Monster, Sid Arachnid, a who's, fighter. Yeah, Dr. Not, Wolfgang Wolfenstein. Not that and, Wolfenstein. And not that Wolfgang. And Rawhide. It's just a snake. No, really. He's a snake. And our next rogues gallery is Shock Holiday and his gang, Roy Soybeans and the Boar Brothers. Shock Holiday is a bison outlaw and the leader of his gang who captured all the trades while demanding a ransom from the railway president. Okay. By the way, Shock Holiday, also played by a Voltron veteran, Michael Bell. Oh. Alright. Cal Bell, voiced by the incomparable Ruth Buzzy, has three sons who use Sidewinder City as a refuge for outlaws everywhere in exchange for a share of their heist. Uh, her three sons are Butch Cassidy, the lone grunger. Are you kidding me? Butch Cassidy? I'm not finished. Oh, and no. The son, and the sun-dazed kid. I quit. Oh. Uh, my... sun... Butch oh. Cassidy and the sun-dazed kid. What the heck? Lucas, I hope you're happy with this. <laughs> and then you have Longhorn Silver. A pirate captain who leads his pirate crew in causing trouble on Moo Mesa's waterways. He is voiced by Brad Garrett. Yeah! This would be like three years before Raymond came calling, so... Yeah, three more years before everybody loves Raymond, Brad. Don't worry, you're almost there. You're just a little bit there. Just a little bit. Just keep just working at almost it. Almost there. Then you have the Cacklin Kid, also voiced by Rob Paulson, a small coyote and known outlaw who the cowboys apprehend while he's being targeted by the Bayon Bunch, whom he once rode with. The Bayon Bunch, of course, are a gang of coyotes who target the Cacklin Kid who hid their loot in a graveyard, the leader of which is called Scavenger. And then you have Billy the Kidder's gang. Uh, Billy the Kidder is a goat, who targets the lost treasure of the Conquistadors, and his gang is Lester and Kisser. They're both lizards, and all three are voiced by Charlie Adler. And again, legendary. Definitely legendary. I am Weasel. He played the devil. Oh, yeah. The Buster Bunny on Tiny Toons. Yes. He's done everything. The great Bovini, a ringmaster who uses a special stone called the Kawanor Diamond to mesmerize people. As Boothill Buzzard was unaffected by the Kawanor Diamond, while Mayor Bologna and Saddlesore were, he and the Cowboys had to work together to defeat the great Bovini and free everyone from the mind control. Great Bovini, voiced by the incomparable Dorian Harewood. Proud son of Dayton, Ohio, played, oh God, Jesse Owens in the Jesse Owens story, Simon Haley in Roots, The Next Generation. Oh, but this next one, Wire Babs. Oh God. Miss Porbra is the leader of an all-female gang, but she is voiced by Chico, the one, the only, Kate Mulgrew. Oh, yeah. Captain Janeway, baby. Oh, yeah. Now, you see, you guys remember her as Captain Janeway. Where I know her from, she is the former Miss Tim Hagen. And who's Tim Hagen? Only I'd know this. 
He was the former county commissioner here in Cleveland. She married into polit into local politics in Cleveland. No kidding. Huh. Today I learned. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then you have Rooster Cog's Bull, a wagon master and gold thief who masquerades as a creature known as the Cowgoyle. He's also voiced by Tim Curry. Yep. And, and then you have a gang of claim jumpers led by Big Bucks, who is a stag. Big Bucks in love And his deputies dig along a mole and stub a donkey. And rounding out our rogues gallery is Fast Willie, a dog criminal who plotted to steal cow leads horses for NATO. Yes, cows ride horses. As part of a bigger plot to rob the Pony Express and Mules Vern, a mule who plotted to steal the Dixie Trixie where the invention convention is so he can force the inventors on board to build a giant robot cowboy as part of his plot to take over Moon Mesa. I was, okay. thinking, I was thinking something along the lines of a time machine, but okay. <laughs> Why? Because Doc named his kids Jules and Vern. Yeah. In the time Oof. machine. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, the uh, cast itself is incredible. I mean, aside from the people we mentioned, oh. we also have Danny Mann, Robbie Benson, Kath Suchi, Corey Burton, and oh, oh, guys, 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 more camel. <sighs> I mean, come on. Like, this would be like a year before he showed up in Gotham City. If I'm As the mistaken. Joker, yeah. I, actually, I think 92, no, no, fir- 92 no. was the first year of Batman the Animated Series. No, 90, no, 91 was the first year. No, it was 92. Okay, so it would be around the same time. September 5th, 1982. Okay. So, yeah. So this premiered Wild West Cowboys the following week on ABC. So it's Batman obviously premiered on Fox, so. Okay. So let's talk about some episodes, shall we? I'll tell you right now, you thought the puns about the character names were bad? The episode names are a whole lot worse. Thanks for the warning. All right. Episode one. Bang them high. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Mayor Bologna and the masked bull make a plan to get rid of Moo Montana with literally explosive results. (laughs) What do they mean by literally explosive results? Use your imagination, Greg. Probably some dynamite is involved. Yes, there is. All right. Episode two. A snake in cow's clothing. A mysterious bull named Jacques Labeef arrives in town who has all the women drawn to him. Hey, everybody loves an accent. Moo and Dakota are suspicious of him, especially after Miss Lily is robbed of the items that are new safe by the masked bull in a plot to discredit Jacques Labeef, who is secretly a notorious con artist named Barney Finkelberg. Because obviously Jacques Labeef was totally a real name. No more real than Marshall Moo Montana. Or Barney Finkelberg. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Episode three, Bulls of a Feather. During an attack on a stagecoach bound for Cowtown, Puma sees that the Max Bull is actually Sheriff Terrible after Boofhill Buzzard accidentally unmasks him. In order to save his identity, after his attempt on Puma's life is thwarted by J.R., Sheriff Terrible must break his younger brother, Horrible, out of San Quentin Federal Prison to pose as the masked bull and fool everyone. It's a duplicate episode, and they're not even twins. What? The, what? Yeah. All right. Episode four, School Days. A new teacher actually boot heel buzzard and track. <laughs> As the children help the masked bull commit crime through her strange assignments. <laughs> oh, 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 episode 5 is sheep full of dollars. <laughs> Colorado volunteers for Miss Lowy's cattle drive, only to find out his quote-unquote cattle is actually a bad-tempered sheep named Miss 
you baby. Moo and Dakota discover that the cattle drive is a front to deliver the money for the Elbows Bend Hospital Veterinary Clinic, where it is under Miss You Baby to keep it from being stolen by the mass bull. Miss You Baby? Miss You Baby. This is just getting worse. (laughs) This is just getting worse. Lucas, I really hope you're happy. You know, Mike, you thought you were frustrated over zippers. This like entire episode full of zippers. And, and we're only five episodes in. And I'm five looking at the Yeah. And I'm, uh, yeah, we're only five episodes in. And I'm looking at the title of episode six. And I'm ready to just like drink myself into a coma. <laughs> okay, here we go. Episode six. Thoroughly modern Lily. Oh, boy. <laughs> when Mayor Baloney discovers oil that is secretly buried deep beneath Lily Bovine's tumbleweed saloon, he quickly dispatches Lily's arch rival, Sadie Wow Cow, to run her out of town. Episode 7 Wet Word Woe, or as Joey Lawrence would call it, Episode 7 Wet Word Woe, Woe. Hey, guys. When my B. Alec has her first episode of Jeopardy today, you know what Joey Warrens is going to say after Johnny Gilbert introduces her? Whoa. So Cowtown dries up, but only Mayor Baloney has water. When Cody finds the real reason for this, it's up to him to bring water back to everyone. Episode 8, Wedding Bull Blues. He got the Wedding Bull Blues! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Why don't you marry me, bull? <laughs> Where was the fifth dimension when we needed them? Oh, heaven help me. Oh, my gosh. When Cow Lamity Kate doesn't receive a letter from her father who's been exploring the Mesa for seven years, Mayor Baloney claims he will be taking all her property since her father had no will. But when a page of one of her father's old letters shows up stating Kate will inherit the ranch and his gold, though only if she is married, Kate plans to make Dakota her husband. <laughs> so, stop. You know oh what? Gosh. That plan is solid. It works. Oh my gosh. Episode 9 The Legend of Skull Duggery. When Cody, Carly, and Jake find a treasure map in Calamity Kate's attic while cleaning it, they decide to follow it to find Tom Duggery's lost silver and skull mountain. When competing against Saddlesore and Boot Hill Buzzard, Cody, Carly, and Jake encounter Tom Duggery's ghost in the form of Skull Duggery. Now Moo, Dakota, Colorado, and Calamity Kate must rescue the kids from Skull Duggery. Episode 10 Stolen on the River. In an attempt to get his own deputy star. Colorado goes undercover as Johnny Slim to catch five cards cud all by himself when he and his henchman shortchange take control of the Dixie Trixie riverboat while in collaboration with the Dixie Trixie's captain. Hmm. Episode 11 <laughs> dances with balls. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, God. Chica, read this. Moo Montana and Sheriff Terror Bowl. Get in a mess when they both try to capture the Gila hooligans after the after they crash the party in Cowtown that followed Mayor Baloney's re-election. To catch the Gila hooligans, the Cowboys and Sheriff Terror Bowl have to work together to apprehend the Gila hooligans. Yeah, that's a real thing that happened, folks. Can I do the next one since I haven't done any yet? Yes, yes, yes you do can. that, please. All right. Let me see if I can get through this in one piece. <laughs> Episode 12, The Big Cow Wow. The cowboys work to catch two snakes that make up the hole-in-the-ground gang after they rob some bison at Minnesota Flats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Minnesota, Minnesota Fats. How stupid is that? <laughs> Cody is really excited about going to the Pueblo's annual Cow Wow with JR and Tewa 
as the threat of the hole in the ground gang could disrupt the whole fiesta. When Moo and the other cowboys run into some trouble trying to catch the gang, Cody and Tehua help to bring them to justice. Oh, that's terrific. Minnesota flats. Oh, gosh. That's the worst one yet. <laughs> oh, it gets, I'm, I'm sure it gets worse. Oh, that's, it. that's why I said the worst one yet. That's what I love, Mike, about this episode. It's full of zippers. It's uh, zippers was not this bad. Oh my gosh! Okay, episode thirteen, another fine Mesa. Oh, oh! No one cares. That's Moo Montana's tenth anniversary. Is Marshall? That's right, Moo Montana. You and your friends, Colorado kid, and and uh, Dakota dude. Yeah, you cowboys. Oh, get lost here! All right, eight fifteen. Here's the McMahon. Oh, there's more <laughs> in this episode. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, let me I'm read sorry. the rest. That was so fucking stupid. Oh my gosh. Uh, then Moo receives a telegram from Bessie Bluebell from his hometown of Moo Grin when the retiring Sheriff T-Bone wants Moo to take over, even at the time when Bat blasts a gun and his henchmen are causing trouble in Mill Grin. Now Moo must decide to between Mill Glen where his beloved by the Townsfolk in Caltown. Uh, Greg, you can take it out. All right, thank you, Mike, Francesa. That was a very good recap. Okay, I'm sorry. We just had uh, Minnesota Flats. I'm sorry, Miller Glenn. Glenn Miller. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. You writers should be ashamed of yourselves, really. Hey, I'm back here. I gotta say something here. Can you? I want to talk to you. All right, Mike Princess. What do you have to say? Oh, I want to say something. How? Why is it that all these these anthropomorphic human-sized cowboys are riding horses? <laughs> I was just about to ask you that question. Yeah, why is that? I don't I'm get it. I, I, I'm sorry. I laughed all over that. Because Greg just choked on anthropomorphic and he said the human-sized cowboy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, jeez. Do it again while I left my ass off. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> All right. Season two, we had a transition here from production companies. We went from Greengrass Productions to Ruby Spears in season two. Yep. And in season two, a lot more shenanigans ensue. But the uh, animation's a little bit better. Episode 14, No Face to Hide. Many trains have been stolen by Shock Holiday's gang, or Shock Holiday is holding them hostage until the railroad president pays a huge ransom. But Marshall Moo fails at capturing the thief. Sheriff Terrible challenges him to see who catches Shock Holiday first, and the loser will have to leave Cowtown. So this is a classic loser leaves town match. Oh, yes. Episode 15, the Down Under Gang. Cow Bell and his sons have an underground hideout called Sidewind the City, which allows other outlaws to use it in exchange for a syrup. What the deal? The Colorado kid is captured during the infiltration. New Montana and Dakota Doom must find Sidewind the City and rescue him while also dealing with the masked bull. I don't know why I did the capsule in this voice. I guess it just kind of works. Oh, episode 16. Arr, cow pirates of swampy cold. Arr, the pirate captain Longhorn Silver. His band of buccaneers have been robbing trains and causing trouble on Moo Mesa's waterways. With a gold shipment and Cody's money for new boots in their possession, Moo Montana, Dakota Dude, and Colorado Kid have to go new to Newport Leans to track oh. these pirates down. Arr. While trying to get back the money, Cody's caught by the masked bull as part of his plan to work with Longhorn Silver to dispose of the cowboys. Now the cowboys must rescue Cody, reclaim the stone loot, and defeat Longhorn Silver. Arg. Episode 17. Nobody voices for this. Uh, the Cackling Kid. Moo Montana, Dakota Dude, and Colorado Kid apprehend the Cackling Kid after he was nearly disposed of by the Bane Bunch, led by Scavenger, who are seeking the location of where the Cackling Kid hid the Bane Bunch's loot. 
At the courthouse, Cackling Kid gets sympathy for the judge overrule. Oh, jeez. Who instructs that Moo Montana, Dakota Dude, and Colorado Kid to safely transport Cackling Kid to the federal penitentiary to serve out his one-year sentence. Now the Cowboys must get the Cackling Kid to the penitentiary safely while evading the Bane Bunch, who have gone to Lonesome Gulch and tricked Sheriff Terrible into helping them. Episode 18, Skullduggery Rides Again. On Halloween, Skullduggery returns upon emerging from the cave-in of his mine at Skull Mountain in order to get revenge on Moo, Dakota, and Colorado. This time he has obtained an age-accelerating spell with the help of his fellow ghosts where they start aging everything in Cowtown. And we should add that this episode, Halloween themed, did air on... October 30th of 1993. Mm-hmm. Episode 19, Billy the Kidder. The Cowboys get word from Warden Gordon Borden, that's his name, Warden Gordon Borden, that Billy the Kidder and his lizard henchmen Lester and Kisser have escaped from prison. When Lily's uncle Rocky gets caught in the cave-in upon finding the lost treasure of the Concudstadors, she plans to enlist Calamity Kate to help rescue him, only to end up captured by Lester and Kisser so that Billy the Kidder can steal the lost treasure of the Concudsonors. Now the Cowboys and Calamity Kate must rescue Lily and Rocky, apprehend Billy the Kidder's group, and recover the lost treasure of the Concudsonors. I think I've said Concudsonors enough on this episode. Concudsonors. Maybe one more. Episode 20, How the West Was Shrunk. Fat Blastagun and his gang have escaped from the prison where they find the shard of the comet that created Moo Mesa outside of Cowtown. Enlisting the help of mad scientist Dr. Wolfgang Wolfenstein, Fat Blastagun uses the shard to shrink everything. All right, that brings us to episode 21, Circus Days, D-A-Z-E. The great Bovini's Wild West Circus comes to Cowtown, but amusement of the masses is the last thing on the mind of the ringmaster, the great Bovini, as he uses a special stone to mesmerize anyone into stealing money. In order to keep the Cowanor Diamond from being shipped to the Jersey City Museum, Mayor Baloney, Saddlesore, and Boothill Buzzard approach the great Bovini to help them steal it, which doesn't go well as Boothill Buzzard is unaffected by the Great Bovini's stone. Now the cowboys must work with Boot Hill Buzzard into thwarting the Great Bovini and freeing the townspeople from his control. Episode 22, No Way to Treat a Lady. Moo Montana, Dakota Dude, and Colorado Kid have to deal with four masked marauders who happen to be the ladies of the Sewing Bee Ranch led by Barbed Wire Babs, the criminal alias of Miss Barbara. As Colorado Kid goes undercover in Barbed Wire Babs' group, Wild Bill Barker is kidnapped as part of Barbed Wire Babs' plot to make counterfeit money. Episode 23, Night of the Cowgoyle. After Colorado was unable to catch a gold thief, he, Moo, and Dakota look for the thief and end up escorting a wagon train led by Rooster Cogsbull through a valley where a creature called the Cowgoyle, which is a cattle gargoyle creature, dwells. To make sure that the cowboys meet their end, the Cowgoyle is blamed for the action. Mayor Bologna sends Saddlesore and Boot Hill Buzzard to get the masked bull to dispose of them. Following the Cowgoyle's attacks, the Cowboys work to catch the Cowgoyle while suspecting that it might be one of the suspicious wagon train travelers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It is indeed one of the suspicious wagon train travelers. Oh. Episode 24. Boomtown or bust. Colorado discovers gold in a river causing the gold rush on Moo Mesa, which even gets Mayor Baloney, Saddlesore, and Boot Hill Buzzard to work on claiming the gold. Upon Boomtown being formed as part of the gold rush, the Cowboys work to keep the settlements in line. But a claim jumper named Big Bucks and his henchmen, Digalog and Stub, plot to steal everyone's gold, the Cowboys spring into action to protect 
Boomtown. My guess is all the gold is tapped and they move back to Cowtown by the end of the show. Wow. Episode 25, the fastest Philly in the West. In preparation for the 11th annual Cowtown cross-country race, Colorado Kid encounters some competition. Cowlamity Kate's cousin, Cowleen, and her horse, Tornado, as well as encountering his old rival, Swifty Buckhorn. Fast Willie and his henchmen plan to steal Tornado so they can rob the Pony Express with one of the packages being the trophy for the cross-country race. Now, Colorado and Swifty Buckhorn must put aside their differences to help Moo and Dakota catch Fast Willie and reclaim Tornado. Episode 26, The Wild Wild Pest. JR takes Cody Cap and Buffalo Bull to the invention convention on the Dixie Trixie. Using his airship, Mules Bird and his henchmen steal the Dixie Trixie so he can force all the inventors on board to help him take over Moo Mesa by building a giant robot cowboy that will help his plans by starting with raiding the governor's mansion. Mules Vern. Really? We're going to end on that? Yep. We are going to end on Mules Vern. Okay. Hey, do we want to talk about the arcade game? Why, yes. Yes, we do. Because, like we said before, Konami released an arcade game that was developed in association with the creators and producers of Wild West Cowboys of Mesa, Ryan Brown, namely. And again, it came out uh, a year or two after their similarly but legally distinct same company released Sunset Riders. And this was just a run of basically the same game but re-sprited, which started... With, uh, I believe it started with the original THP and Ninja Turtles. Yes. And then they, then came The Simpsons. Yeah, and then you had the X-Men then arcade X-Men, game. Then Sunset Riders. And now this. It's crazy. But the kids ate it up. Oh, the kids loved this game. That's you can like give that. the kids any arcade game in the early 90s and they'll eat it up. Yeah, unfortunately, it was not ported over to a system, as most of those video games were. Actually, now that I think about it, the only ones that were ported over to a home console were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time. Oh. But interesting that you brought the game up. You know how much it'll set you back? Oh. Well, I've already seen this, so here we go. Here we go, Mike. You ready for it? Okay. Hit the music! It's time for eBay Price is Right! Oh, heavens. Okay, Greg, you got the clock? Okay, hold on a second. Let me just get the... Yeah, all right. Describe what it is. While Greg gets the clock, I'll describe what it is. This is the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa new full-size arcade game. Its controls consist of an eight-way joystick, two buttons for shooting and jumping. It is the four-player model, so you would play as Colorado... Marshall Moo, Dakota, and Buffalo Bull. And we have uh, a new cut-to-spec full-size cabinet, new hardware, new levelers, new keys and locks, new wiring, new amp, new speaker, new circuit board, new joysticks, new buttons, new switches, new artwork overlays, a new LCD monitor, a new bezel, a new marquee fixture, and a new coin door. Okay, so this is essentially old, but all the parts are new. Yes. Yeah, it's a refurbished It's machine. a refurbished. But, uh, okay. And really nice looking one, too. 
Okay. Okay. So I will tell you right now, it is between two thousand and four thousand dollars. Okay. Greg, do you have the clock? I have the clock ready. Your time will begin with your first bid. Thirty-five hundred. Lower. Three thousand. Higher. Thirty-one hundred. Higher. Thirty-two hundred. Higher. Thirty-four ninety-five. Lower. Thirty-four hundred. Lower. Thirty-three fifty. Higher. Thirty-three seventy-five. Higher. Thirty-three ninety-nine. Lower. Thirty-three ninety-five. Got it. Twenty seconds point six. Okay, I really thought I I appreciate you giving me the range. I was really going to start off at five thousand. Ah, well, what can I say? I'm a benevolent overlord. But I'm looking at all of his other machines, and uh, I could not afford any of them. But if I did have a man cave, I would get that cocktail machine. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Man caves need the cocktail machine. It's like, I can play a video game and have somewhere to put my drink. But aside from the toys and the video game and the uh, cartoon, a lot of the Cowboys of Moon Mesa stuff has been like popping up sort of as uh, little blips in pop culture. According to a really good episode of Toy Galaxy that's on YouTube, they've been on a couple of episodes of the 2000s uh, version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as having their own comic line on Archie comics. I guess that makes sense, considering that uh, what Ryan Brand worked on the Ninja Turtles comic. Mm-hmm. Oh, did we talk about the theme music? I feel oh, like the- we should talk about that theme music, because yeah. that sounds legit. I mean, that's the sort of uh, music that sounds legit. I mean, we're in pre-production and Greg was singing it. And I was like, Greg, that's the sort of theme music you have to sing while like you're passing a kidney stone. Yeah. Well, it was written by a couple of guys named Billy Dean and Berlin Thompson. And Billy Dean is legit. He is absolutely the real. He was... He did a cover in 2000 with Alison Krauss of Kenny Rogers' Buy Me a Rose. And it was a billboard number one. Not bad for a guy who got his start on Star Search. And then you have Verlin Thompson, partnered with Guy Clark as a producer, guitarist, and co-writer. And he's worked with, let's see, Randy Travis, Kenny Rogers, Barbara Mandrell, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Sam Bush, Trisha Yearwood, Jimmy Buffett, Alan Jackson, Susie Boggess, Anne Murray, Keith Whitley, Dirk Bentley, Tracy Bird, Restless Hearts, Pam Tillis, and is married to Demetria Kolodomos, who is a TV anchor at, based out of Nashville. So yeah, everything about this is sort of legitimate. Well, kind of, sort of. I mean, you do have the meteor uh, coming in and creating this incredibly enchanted mesa filled with anthropomorphic cows. I want to know more about this comet. I want to know more about this comet, too. But unfortunately, not much is known except it was an irradiated comet. It hit Earth in the era of the American Wild West. And... uh, Cows mutated from it and became sentient. That's really... It's all you need to know. All you really need to know about the comet. It's not like a complicated backstory like the the ooze that made the Ninja Turtles. Oh god, that was a complicated back... Now that was a complicated backstory! Yeah, that they actually made a movie about it. Three movies! Plus the computer animated one. Yeah. Plus the reboot to double shot. Yeah. And I so, heard, I think they're going to make another reboot of Ninja Turtles. Oh, jeez. I'm just saying, get Alan Richardson to reprise his role as Raphael. Just saying. So I'm wondering, it had everything you could put the Wild West Cowboys of Moon Mesa on. It, it was on. 
So why was this destined to the uh, dustbins of history? To the dustbins of history. Well, in fall of 1992, it was up against uh, a couple of really established shows. On Fox, it was Tom and Jerry Kids. And on CBS, are you ready for this? Is it Garfield and Friends? It was Garfield and Friends. That explains it. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it got to the point where ABC moved it half an hour earlier, where it was up against Bobby's World and The Little Mermaid and the last half hour of Weekends Today. Because remember, in 1982, NBC would have stopped airing cartoons. Yeah, because they would have gone to TNBC at this point. And the world was a little darker for it. It did do well enough to warrant a second season where it was up against Little Mermaid and Bobby's World for the fall. And in the spring, it was off the schedule entirely. Uh, Crow and uh, Wild West Cowboys of Mubisa were replaced with the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show. By the way, the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show did air at 10.30 and 11, which would displace Crow which moved to the 11 o'clock slot and paired up with uh, reruns of City Kids from the 11.30 slot, which was now being inherited by reruns of the 1991 run of Land of the Lost. Well, that's good. I don't mind 1991 Land of the Lost. No, it was okay. It was okay for what it was. But yeah, it shows up uh, here and there, but by the end of fall of 1993, it was sent to uh, uh, Ralph Riggum, you want to take this one? When I grow up, I'm going to Bovine University. Yeah. But hey, we got 26 decent episodes out of it. We did. And unfortunately... uh, Ryan Brown's creations have not popped their heads up in any sort of manner on home release or streaming video. Unfortunately. You'd think this would have a spot on Pluto TV or something. You would think so, but I think uh, Ryan owns the characters, and I think ABC still owns the uh, distribution rights. Because a few years ago, it was on Toon Disney back before it became Disney XD. It's not like ABC's doing anything with the uh, with the rights. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's all we can say about this series, so... Yep. The Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa capitalizing on a pop culture zeitgeist spawned by four anthropomorphic turtles in New York City but in 1992 to 1993, it could have had a bright future as writers in the sky, but unfortunately, it was just a thing on TV. Again, Lucas, we hope you're happy with this. All of a sudden, I want hamburgers. Oh! Too soon? Well, anyway... You can listen to uh, more really bad puns on previous installments at it was a thing on TV.com. Of course, you can follow us on all social media and don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you do subscribe, make sure you hit the cowbell. I got a fever <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. Because we were talking about cows, you see. And uh, of course, don't forget our weekly drops over at the Place to Be Nation at PlaceToBeNation.com. Uh, this week, uh, what I, do you got? I have no idea. Yep. I have no idea because I'm like so behind with the drops because it was because of the weekend Mike was sick. I am planning, though, I am planning a director's cut of the Network Fall TV specials, but I have no I think By the I, way, the Network Fall TV schedules, I took a listen back to those. And it was an absolutely the network, killer listen. Yeah, the Network Fall TV campaigns. It was a, I'm going to make a director's cut episode of that because there's some stuff we missed 
that I would have liked to include in the episode. So I'm going to do that over the time next two weeks. So I think the drop coming up is going to be 196 and 197. So that would have been Saved by the Bell, the College Years, and Jeopardy ties. So yeah, All right. that's fine, I guess. That's so. fine. Uh, you know that's oh, fine. That's yeah. fine. All right, so that's one ninety nine down, but all two hundred. Oh God, I have a feeling I need I need to go get my bow tie for two hundred. Yeah, because this is basically a star studded event. No, seriously, you should take a look at the star power that is on number two hundred. Oh, I mean, what are we talking? We're talking about Judy Tenuta. We're talking about All for One. We're talking Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek up in this. Drew Carey. Pat Oswald. List goes on and on, really. Cannot wait to share it with you. Oh, yeah. But what are we talking about? Well, you'll have to find out more in episode 200 of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for episode 200. Wow! You know, when I'm stressed out, my mom tells me jokes. Boove do not do telling jokes. Oh, it's not that hard. I'll teach you. Knock, knock. You would say, who's there? You are there. No, just ask me. Well, who is there? No, I say, the interrupting cow. Now you say, the interrupting cow who? Let's just do it. Knock, knock. Uh, Who is there? The interrupting cow. The interrupting cow. (laughs) No! You did not let me finish my response. I was to say the interrupting cow. Oh, you did it again. Oh, that is the joke. The cow is to being an interrupting cow. It therefore interrupts me. I know. That's why it's funny. Let me... That's enough. I'm the interrupting cow. Knock it off.